Well, hey, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Frontline Community Church's weekly podcast. We're a church based in Ramstein, Germany, and we have a simple mission, and that's to love God, to love others, and to help others love God. Now, we do this by being real, relational, and relevant. Now, as you listen to our podcast today, we hope that you're blessed and that your journey with Jesus Christ becomes stronger than ever. God bless you. My name is John Roos. I'm the lead pastor here, and I'm excited to preach this message. We're wrapping up a series we've been in called Exiles. This is week six. Is it six? Thank you for paying attention to me in my sermon series. Um, and by the way, uh, Ita, bless you, brother. Thank you for speaking last Sunday. I heard great things happen here, so bless your heart. We had a great time preaching in a German church last Sunday. The Holy Spirit broke out there, and we, uh, we experienced some radical things. I saw some frontliners there. Uh, it's like catching people skipping school. I told them, you need to go back to Frontline, and they said, well, you need to go back to Frontline. So here we are, amen? Go ahead and turn to, um, I don't know, let's start in Ecclesiastes 4. If you don't know what an Ecclesiastes is, don't worry about it. We're going to put these verses up on the screen. If you're new with us, if you're not a Christian, I'm really glad you're here. Um, I don't know if there's a better sermon to introduce you to our church. We are very different here, uh, here at Frontline, than you're probably used to. But this is going to be a great introduction of what Christianity is, or if maybe you're trying to find your way back and you're kind of uncomfortable with church. I'm very excited to capture our vision, but also to capture this series with this message today called Exiles. And here's what I want to talk about. Community must be stronger than isolation. Community must be stronger than isolation. Can you give me an amen? amen? You're here, so I believe you believe this. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. I'll get there in a minute. Let me set this sermon up. We will be in 1 Peter eventually, but I want to set this sermon up. You ready, Marco? You ready? All right, let's do this. We got a lot of people in the room. Um, not typical for our church, but typical for COVID. We have children in the room too. Um, just to remind you, we do have a family room. If the kids get tired of me, they, they, they get tired of me. So you can go down our hall and you can watch the service if you need to on the right, last door on the right, just to bless you guys. We set that up for you. But exiles, community must be stronger than isolation. Do you guys know we're going into month seven of COVID-19? And of course, it's been going on since last year, but the real shutdown, can you guys believe that? It's been seven months. Is that weird to anybody else? I mean, does it feel like two months? Like, I mean, I, I have, like time and me are gone. You know what I'm saying, Chris? Like, I don't even know. Someone help me out on Facebook or YouTube. I mean, is time weird right now? I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, we can finally claim that Bible verse that one day is like a thousand years. <laughs> it's so weird. Now you kids are going back to school, and we're praying for you parents. We're praying for you uh, teachers and principals as well. We got tons of them in our church. And uh, I, I, remember, I remember week one and then month one. Remember, everyone, everyone kind of got used to it, and they thought, this is cool. Like, we'll get to know our families more. Remember that? And like, we'll rest. Remember that? We were like, oh, like, oh we're going to finally rest. And we're on Facebook. Facebook people, remember you were, you were posting things like, this, is, this may be a gift of grace. And, and we were all like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. And then, of course, all kinds of tension happens in America, in the world. And so we started getting uncomfortable. But then what happened after like month four is we realized this is not healthy. And I don't just mean physically, biologically. I mean, being isolated is not healthy. And I got friends, and this is not a slam on anybody, um, but I got friends, you're probably watching right here, so this is not a slam on you, um, who are traveling like crazy, but they're reaching out for help. And what I, what I started doing and praying for all these people and, and analyzing my own life is I began to ask myself some questions. Is this, is this isolation actually breaking us down? And really, 
It has reordered how we live, has it not? I mean, look at you guys watching on YouTube and Facebook. You're either displaced or you're, you're still not sure if you're ready to come back, and we respect that. But think about it. We're like trying to do church through cameras. Now, this is going to burst something long-term for us, but, but it's a weird time. My wife and I went to Tomb. I take her on dates there on Saturday nights. You know, after you're married this long, you just... you. You're on the same page with these things. It's okay, guys. Um, but uh, we were talking about this because, I don't know if you've noticed, but your temperature goes up like 25 degrees wearing a mask. Amen? And we're standing in line, and I'm not an angry man. And I was angry in tomb with like, I was buying like a bucket for like a dollar. And I was angry. I was angry because I realized, and I said this to my wife, I said, we're made for each other. How many of you know that? We're made for each other, and, and isolation was cool because we're like, we're tired of each other, but now we realize more than ever that we're made for each other, and I'm in, I'm in line at Tomb, and I've got 1.5 meters, and I'm a rebel, so I like step over the line just to, no one cares or notices, but I'm just like, too bad. I'm over the line. I'm 1.3 meters, but I was, I was upset because I want to talk to this man, and he glanced back. He's dropping on my conversation about how I hate COVID, and he wanted to talk to me and get involved, and, and we're covering our faces, and, and we're sweating, and we're agitated, and you realize we're really made for each other, and it's reordered how we live. Guys, I'm declaring today, it can't. It cannot. We're doing more marriage counsel. It's lining up. And not, I'm not saying that against married couples who are struggling. I, I praise God you're here. But so much of this has to do with the situation. We are wired for relationships. You are hardwired for relationships. We've been talking about this on Wednesday night, you know? It's been good, right? And we realize, like, we are wired. Like, this is my friend. You're my brother. We are friends. Um, we are wired to engage. We are wired. I'm, I'm wired to look at your boys and be like, I love you guys. I want to commune with you. I want to fist bump, and I want to say, how was your week? Are you ready for school? Give me an air fist bump. Like, see, we got it down. That's my guy right there. But see, we're, that's, he should feel that way towards me because us humans are made by God to be in each other's lives. But we're not able to do it at the level we need to. And if you're new to Christianity or you're not, even, you're not even a Christian, I was an atheist for 20 years. And I remember the first time I walked into a church, I was a loner. Even though I was a jock and I was a, a big sports guy, I was very empty inside. And that was the biggest thing that freaked me out about church is I don't want no one to know me. But then I, I learned very quickly that I can't be fully human without being known and communing. And so I asked myself, through these new habits that COVID has created, what is this doing inside of us? What's this doing to us? Being connected. Being connected to other people. To other people. Is a fundamental human need. You ought to write that down. Someone put that on Facebook and YouTube. It's a fundamental human need to be connected. It's crucial, guys, to well-being and, and survival. We've got so many people from the psych, psych world in, uh, in our church. You know, Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs, even the secular world understands that without human connections, you are, you are becoming subhuman. It's true. It's very true. It's crucial that we be intertwined with one another. Look at Ecclesiastes 4. I actually have um, our kids' budgets growing because I take all their stuff. But I was thinking about Ecclesiastes 4, and then I took some of their string back there. Let me read this. This is often read at marriages. It's not a marriage verse because there's three people involved. No brainer. It's a church verse. It's a human verse. And though a man might prevail against one who is alone. So look at this right here. If I took this string right here, someone could break the string. This is you right now with isolation and COVID. You're just trying to navigate. Or this is just your family right now. And you're strong. It takes me a little bit to pull on this thing. But no doubt the world will break you. No doubt if enough gets under your skin with school and bills and health and not being able to get to mom in the States or, or PCS and like pretty soon, like if, if you're just out there on your own, this thing can be broken very easily. But look at verse 12. He goes, two will withstand him. So if someone comes at you, 
and you get two people with you, if you're in community, you're doing life together, and someone's messing with you, or life is messing with you, and you intertwine each other, you, you wrap around each other, you get to know each other, you encourage each other, you speak the words of Jesus to each other, this thing starts getting harder to break now. And then he adds that to verse 12, he adds one more person, a threefold crew, I like that, a threefold posse, a threefold small group, a tenfold small group, a 1,200 person frontline church. Once we start getting woven into each other's life, and Facebook, you guys, you got to understand this. Now when people come at us, now when people discourage us, now when worry comes and hits us, man, you're threefold now, you're strong. And I love that because it goes like this. You're not quickly broken. It's going to take a lot for this world to knock us out if we're together. I start on Wednesday nights going like this. Someone encourage me. We got all these people here. I go like this. Someone, someone praise the Lord. And it's beautiful. I don't tell people I'm struggling or nothing like that. But it's beautiful. People start praising the Lord. And I feel like there's a two-fold strand. There's a three-fold strand. There's a four-fold strand. By the time I go behind the word to preach that night, man, I feel invincible in the Lord Jesus. We're built for community. And what's weird, go to First Peter. Um, I'll catch up with you. What's weird is we're more connected than ever right now. Do you know that? We are more connected, Facebook, than ever. I bet a lot of you guys have doubled your friends. And then you probably dropped a third of the new ones. Amen? Political storms and all this. But we're more connected than ever. But we are more lonely than ever. And here's why. Loneliness is defined by people's satisfaction with their connectedness. And see, you can only get so much the way we're trying to stay connected. And so we've got all these friends and stuff, and it's all good, Facebook. Stay with me. Don't, don't cancel me. We've got all this connectedness, but it's not the way God designed the connectedness to actually happen. So even though we're surrounded by people more than ever, we feel more alone than ever before. Fewer of our friends are fully present to us, are they not? Fewer. We text, we're trying. We text, we Facebook message, we email. I email, you don't answer back because I should text you and hit you up on Facebook, Snapchat. But oddly enough, because of God's design, it's not satisfying the human connection. We get words. And we get images only. And what we're designed to do is get the embodied self. I am designed to be engaged with you and engaged with you. Each I'm designed to sit down with you and, and, and look in the, the windows of your soul. And you're to look in my eyes and the windows of my soul. And we're supposed to share life together like this. Someone said to me, uh, hey, can we, uh, can we bring food back for our Wednesday nights? I say, yes. Barbecue the 26th. Matt and Jen got us. Come check us out. Shameless plug right there. Someone said to me, Did you, do, have you ever noticed, John, how often Jesus meets around food? Yeah. And it ain't low-carb stuff. Follow Jesus. But it's because we are designed to not, not just look at images and an embodiment of self. We're actually designed to connect to souls by being in the same presence as other people. Now look at 1 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Believe it or not, this is the problem in these churches in the first century. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus. This is our series, Exiles. Peter, I'm a leader by the grace of Jesus. That's what that means. To those who are saved, elect, saved. You can write some notes in your Bible. To those who are saved. I'm writing to those in the church. There's about 10 churches that this letter is bouncing around to. And there's a problem, and that's why Peter's writing the letter. Just think of 1 Peter as a big letter. It didn't say 1 Peter on it. We did that. It's just a letter. And he goes like this to those who are elect exiles. He goes, you feel displaced, and you are displaced. You're displaced because of the Roman government. You're displaced because now you're Christians and your families don't want you. All kinds of things are going on in this first century church, or I should say these first century churches. And uh, these guys, are they're, they're being pressured to not gather anymore as a church. And Peter goes like this. I'm writing this letter to warn you with love. 
don't fall away from the community. No matter what is going on. And I don't want to be flippant with health. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying if you're scared of, of getting sick or you have a, a low immune system, you need to be here. I'm not saying that. You stay on Facebook. You stay on YouTube. You just get wild on there in the message section. But I'm saying that ultimately, if we pull out of the community, and that's why I've said over and over, I think this is a satanic attack, what's going on in the world. I think it's a satanic attack to keep us displaced and away from each other. And Peter writes this letter and says, I know you guys are in these cities. You're, you're part of the dispersion, capital D. It was like a known thing, Marco, like a virus, if you will. It wasn't, but it was like that. It was called the dispersion. Like we say, oh, COVID's got us separated. They said the dispersion's got us separated. And he goes, you're in Pontus, and you're in Galatia. These are regions. You're in Cappadocia and Asia and Bithynia. But you guys, you're floating around your cities, but don't stop gathering. Your, your life depends on it. Your well-being depends on each other. I would say... Their progress hinged on the community they found. And we know we need each other. So if we don't find this one again, we're going to find another one. We're, we're going to naturally gravitate towards the wrong community if we're not careful. So I want to encourage you today. Don't lose the community that the Lord Jesus Christ died for. He didn't die just to save us. He died to save us and bring us together so we get through life. He didn't just save us by dying on the cross for our sins, and then he ascended back to heaven to save us and leave us down here until he gets us out of here. He saved us to put us in a people, uh, people going through the same things that you're going through, to strengthen us so we can not just make it through this life, but we can attack and strive through this life. The church. And you may be sitting here going, dude, I grew up in the church. That is not what I, what I experienced. Well, I plead with you to give church another shot. So what does it look like to be a part of God's community? And why do you need it? And this is such a big part of Frontline's vision. We don't want people just coming in and out of these doors. We want to be a community. What does that look like, and why do you need it? One point, write this down. Everyone uh, write this down somewhere in a phone. Take a picture of this. Facebook, go ahead and put this up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set a contest for you on Facebook and YouTube. I'm going to challenge you, and we have a prize for you. I don't know what it is yet, but I have a prize for you. If you can out-comment Dondria. <laughs> All right? I've got a prize for you. We're going to give her car away to you. Her husband just walked out. No, but I want you guys active on Facebook. I love our team on Facebook. But I'm so excited about this. We need to belong to be whole, guys. Well, Jesus Christ died for our sins to make us whole. He didn't just die to cover our sins so we could, you know, again, skate through this life and then float on a cloud one day. That is, that is not scripture. Jesus Christ died to give everything back Satan stole from us. Salvation, a relationship with God, mental health, spiritual health, Holy Spirit power, authority on this earth, influence to change other people, a Bible to transform our homes, and a community to walk us through this life. Wholeness comes through the community. We need to belong to be whole. And again, that was probably my hardest part. If you're here and you're not a Christian, or you're, you're watching and you're not a Christian, when I walked into this Baptist church in Seattle, what a mismatch that is. Like I was this like super Microsoft, like, no, I wasn't. I was this super drunk kid and, and uh, real edgy, like University of Washington kid and, and all this stuff. And I walked into this, uh, I thought I was safe in isolation. I thought I was safe if no one could tap in. And I was trained to be tough. My brothers raised me, and we just were so tough. And so I was very scared of anybody tapping in, because that's a scary thing. That's a very scary thing. And then religious people, I don't know why, I just put the stamp on them that if they find out what's going on on the inside, they'll judge me. I, I, I'd never even been in a church. I just slapped that on them. And then I walked in this church, and it was a traditional church. They're still going, still going strong. Pastor David Cox, God bless you for leading me to Jesus. But I walked into this Baptist church, and I was like the only one not wearing a suit, and I thought, I'm dead. Like, he's going to preach a sermon at the hungover kid. But what I found out is 
through meeting those people, they didn't eat me, number one. I thought Christians ate people. But what was weird is as they began to get to know me, I realized that I was, I was so unwhole because I didn't belong. And through belonging, I could actually bring the full person forth. I learned to love through community, not isolation. I learned to forgive through community, not isolation. Not a perfect community either, a clunky community. I learned to give through being in a relationship with a community. I learned to forget about myself most of the time and see people who are in need through community and get into their lives and help them and be useful. I learned that I have supernatural gifts upon me through the Holy Spirit and through the community I'm called to heal people and, and do great things. I learned these things. I learned to be whole through community. And before COVID, we were 1,200 strong. I had never felt so whole in my life. I want it back. First Peter 4, 7. So begins the assault on isolation. First Peter 4, verse 7. You guys okay? First Peter 4, 7. The end of all things is at hand. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for encouraging us this morning. <laughs> and he said that a long time ago. So we're like, ah, oh, great. We are in the end times. These are the last days from the resurrection of Jesus to the second coming of Jesus. This is all the last days, Jacob's troubles, as the Bible calls it. And he says, because the, the end is at hand, it's near, the plan, the plan is almost fulfilled. Jesus' plan is almost fulfilled, and he's going to come back. Therefore, guys, we got to be self-controlled. We got to be sober-minded for the sake of our prayers. And that just means you got you to gotta have your, your thought life right. How many of you guys are struggling right now with your thought life? Amen? Yeah, we're struggling with our thought life. And Peter's going to say, the way that you straighten out your thought life is through community. You stay healthy through community. So he goes, hey, let's take care of this thing. You got all kinds of messages going on in your mind. And I love what he says at, at the end of verse 7. For the sake of your prayers. In other words, right now, we ought to be praying for miracles. We ought to be praying for supernatural breakthroughs right now. But because we're isolated, we can't get our thoughts together. We can't get, how many of you guys are praying right now? And you're like, man, I can't even concentrate for 10 seconds. But if we come together, he goes like this. We'll straighten out our thinking and we'll say, no, that's what the media says. Here's what Jesus says. We'll straighten out our thinking and we'll feel peace. And we'll get on our knees before the Holy Spirit. And we'll call down miracles on this earth. So I love what he does right there. He's like... For the sake of miracles, which is what we need right now, we got to be together and we got to take care of our minds. You, you want to know why? Look at 5.8. He says it again, be sober-minded. He said it in 4.7, he says it in 5.8, be sober-minded. Take care of your thought life. Why? Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, that's why. Who's behind keeping us apart? The devil. Your adversary, the devil, prowls, sleeps on my stinking porch, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. National Geographic style, waiting for that little lamb or gazelle to leave the, the crew, to leave the group. Isn't that what they do at night? He that breathes fire. Remember I told you that, that amazing African lion that was, that was so fierce. He, his name was he that, what did I say? Yeah, he that breathes fire. He would prowl around at night and he would wait for that little ewe lamb, that, that little lamb, Marco, just to, just to get away a little bit. That's all he wants. He's not going into the folds. They never do. He's just going to wait. He may even call you out, Marco. He may even, look, look over here. Come here. He prowls around like a roaring lion. You know, you know who's called the lion in the Bible? Jesus. He looks like religion. He looks like right thinking. He pulls you out. And then he's got you isolated. That's the hunt, guys. That's, Facebook, that's the hunt right now. Satan is working on our minds. He wants to isolate us and he wants to divide us. It's not just to isolate because we know better, but if he can divide us and isolate us, 
We've got a heavy political season we need to be in mass prayer and fasting for. And this is going to challenge the Christian church more than ever. There's never been a greater divide in, in politics and Christians. See what I'm doing with my left hand? Can't stand this stuff. There's never been a greater divide than this election. And it's going to threaten our union and communion together. And that is exactly what Satan wants. So he creates these schemes to keep us apart. COVID-19, social issues, and it's creating rejection. You, all of you have felt some form of rejection because some political attack or, or some social attack going on in the world. And without a doubt, I believe the accuser of the brothers and sisters, Satan himself, is behind it. And here's what he knows. Write this down. Here's what he knows about us. Go ahead and write this down. This is such a powerful statement. Facebook, YouTube, someone's putting it up right now. Right here. Here. In the absence of love and belonging, there is always suffering. Always. Because we're hardwired to be together. So when, when you have an absence of love, when you have an absence of belonging, that's why this church is so important. That's why this church is so important for you. You need to be able to step in here and feel loved and belonging. Because when you're an outcast, I mean, this is what happened in the garden. The first assault on humans was what? To divide them, to get them fighting, and to get them away from God. All Satan knew he had to do was isolate. Because in that isolation, because we're so wired for each other, we will not feel love and belonging. And one of the worst pains in the world is rejection and isolation. More than, more than ever, guys, thinking of COVID-19, I read a, a stat. Three in five people before COVID, guys, reported feeling lonely. Like, desperately lonely. Three out of five before COVID. And I'm going to tell you what, what I think. You add social distancing to that. You add masks to that, although some of you got some cool ones on today. You add isolation to that already functioning problem. This is a war. And I believe, I believe along with the radical sin of humanity. Isolation has created a vacuum of violence and madness in this world. I believe a lot of what we're seeing in the news right now is people who have lost human connection and don't know, they, don't, they don't know how to process. They don't know how to function. And so it's coming out in mass radical violence. And when you throw in rejection because of all the weird political stances going on and, and the race issues and Christians aren't picking it up, they're, they're falling into it. You throw in rejection with all our division. Man, you guys, when someone rejects you, listen to me. When someone rejects you, your place in this world is momentarily called into question. You are made to belong. And I don't care if it's a political thing. I don't care if it's a, a race thing. I don't care if it's, a, if, it's a, if it's a work thing, a promotion thing, whatever it is. The moment you become rejected, you start walking around because you're so made to belong into a tribe. You start scratching your head going, man, where is my place even in this world? And I love the gospel because Jesus calls us to this new thing, this new power. He goes, you're made for this thing. You belong here with me and my people. So that's what Peter's doing. Peter's reminding us that we've got to stay together. And here's why, guys, and I'm about to get wild right now. Here's why. Facebook, YouTube, check it out. Because of what happens when we get together. Let me show you what happens when we get together. Peter goes like this. You need to stay together because of your identity in Christ. You're Christians. This is your crew now. This is your posse. These are your people. No fronts here. Jesus is the hero, not us. We come in bandaged. We walk out smiling. We come in broken. We walk out healed. We do it together. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. What happens when we come together? After I read this to you, it's going to be no surprise why the devil doesn't want us together. He wants us distracted on the Lord's day. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. He goes, first of all, remember who you are and whose you are. 
Facebook, I said, who you are and whose you are. Bought with a price, verse 9. But you are a chosen race. Stay out of the mess. This is us. Wasn't that a show? Okay, moving on. You are a chosen race. You guys are. The Holy Spirit has saved you and brought you together. It's not an accident. You're sitting here. You are a royal priesthood. You do not need me to commune with your father. You are a priest, priest in the Lord. We are brothers and sisters by the blood of Jesus, blood-soaked people. We are, we are a holy nation. Doesn't mean we don't love our nation, but it means we fit here. A people for his own possession, blood-bought people by the cross, that we may proclaim, while this world is on fire, the excellencies of him. It's not my show. It's about the excellency of Jesus who called us out of such a dark, dark life of sin into his marvelous light. We're becoming these new kids, these new creations every week when we gather. We're being changed from one space of glory to the next through the word of God and the Holy Spirit and each other. He's like, don't forget who you are in this mess. And then he goes like this. Oh, let me just read verse 10 for the fun of it, for the joy of our soul. Once you were not a people. John, once you roamed the streets with a bottle of liquor and didn't know where you belonged. Once. Once. But now. You are God's people. Once you had not received mercy. You were not mercied. You were walking around in your sins. God was not your father. But by the love of his spirit, he drew you into a church and now you have received mercy, and these are your people now. This is your family now. And I'll tell you why the devil trembles at us getting together. Look at verse two, chapter 2 and verse 5. Oh, snap. Look at that. Look at that dynamite in verse 5. You yourselves like living stones. Check me out right here, guys. Anybody ever read a little bit of the Old Testament? Everybody familiar with the temple? Yeah? Give me a wag. Okay, how did they build the temple? God went like this, I'll make you a deal. God goes like this, I'll make you a deal. If you take stones and you build this thing the way I said to build it on the foundation and cornerstone that I said to build it on, if you put every brick together and you finish it and you bring all the bricks together, my Shekinah, my presence will come down. Now, there's no more temple. We don't need it. We're the temple. And every one of us is called a brick. That's kind of an insult. I feel like a brick some days. And we're to build this on the cornerstone, which is Christ. When we come together, and it's cool because I'm shaped a little bit one way. I'm flat on one side. You may have some ridges on your side, but we come, we fit. And when we start coming together like this, here's what the Holy Spirit says. You want your marriage to be healed. You want your mind to be renewed. You want your anxiety to be attacked instead of an anxiety attack. You want these teenagers to be raised up as children of God. If you guys will come together, I'll fall like the Old Testament in this temple. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, as a temple. To be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices of love and cars like I heard last week, man. Oh, you need a car? Here's a car. That's why the devil trembles at this thing. And if you weren't here before COVID, man, we were running four services. We didn't know what to do. We were, we were planning a fifth service. This mosh pit down here was full of souls after every service. And amazing breakthroughs were happening time and time again. The devil does not want the church to come together because the glory and power of God will fall. You belong. If I belong, you belong. I mean, goodness. In all your baggage... I would, I would actually say you only belong if you, if you just come real. Because if you come in the front, you probably won't belong at front line. Like, we just don't roll that way. We just don't. And I know, I know you don't just, like, uh, yeah, I'm number 43. My name's Samantha Jones. Here's my baggage. I, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying this is, if this church is built on the cross of Jesus Christ, then it's built on the grace of Jesus Christ. And if it's built on the grace of Jesus Christ, then he's the hero. We don't have to pretend. We come together to be healed together. 
You do not have to be a ghost hidden among the living anymore. God is trying to transform you through these people. I wonder how many times God speaks through you guys to each other on an average Sunday. You're praying about something. You're praying about an answer and you get in a conversation and someone goes, it's amazing stuff. I heard about something absolutely miraculous that a young, a young girl walked out of a hospital last week and she shouldn't have because of the prayers of this church. Unreal. Yeah, Satan wants us divided. He wants us isolated. Write this down. <clears throat> Man, I love seeing you guys. You have to have a community where you allow yourself to be seen. Not perfect, just authentic. Just authentic. Ain't nobody perfect in here but Jesus, and he's here. He's here. Just authentic. I mean, how else are we going to know each other and be able to speak the word to each other and pray over each other if we don't have relationships in this place and we don't come together and we don't open ourselves up and say, what does God say? Like, help me. We need to grow through the truth of God's words. And we're only going to grow through the truth of God's word if we come together, know each other, and we admit the areas that we're struggling in with each other. And I know it's scary to be known. <laughs> I know that. And I'm not saying again, we're going to have testimony times like, yeah, my wife and I fought like banshees this week. It was awesome. I'm not, I'm not, we're not doing that. But I'm saying like natural formulated relationships. That's why we're kicking our small groups back off, our women's group back off. We've got to get back together so we can be known and we can know and speak the truth of God's word towards those places so we can be transformed. And it's scary to be known. But guys, shame and fear is what makes it so hard to be known. Everybody, everybody struggles with the question, what if someone in the community finds out? Now, I've often said, everybody knows by what you look like when you walk in. It's okay. <laughs> Ain't none of us able to hide this when we walk in. You guys know when something's wrong in my life. You know, my, my, I'm using my wife as illustrations. That's when you know something's wrong. And she's throwing stuff at me up here. But we all know, you know, you're in, you're out real quick. What if someone in the, the community finds out? Well, as long as I'm the pastor here and as long as Jesus is Lord, I will do my best. That the spirit of this church is 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all, above everything. We can have the best theology and the best talent and the best bands and the biggest church in the KMC. But if we don't have this, if this is not ruling, keep loving one another. I love, I love how authentic Peter is. He goes, because you're going to want to strangle each other after a while. And I'm just like, it's so good. It's like sometimes we're going to look across an aisle and be like, they're in my small group. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. But he goes, keep loving one another. And I love what he earnestly, that means to stretch the muscles. It's not a good illustration. My back went out <laughs> working out this week, but I'm good. Uh, I'm strong now. But it means to stretch the muscles, to stretch the muscles. Do you know that this community is going to stretch you? You're going to know something about someone and you're going to go, man, it was better when I knew no one in that church. No, it's not better. We are better together. But I love verse 8 because he goes, Keep loving each other. It's going to stretch you. But here's why we got to do it. Since love covers a multitude of sins. We're either going to cover our sins in one of two ways. We're either going to pretend we're not struggling, internalize, and isolate, and suffer. Or we're going to be a community that knows Jesus is the hero and has close enough relationships to where we admit that we are struggling with sins and we're going to cover each other with a different covering, with the covering of love and grace. And I don't mean we're just going to leave people like, oh, that's okay. You've been drunk for 14 straight days. Give me a squeeze. That's not what he's saying. He means we're not going to condemn, but we're going to 
confess naturally as the Spirit leads us in this thing called a church. And then we're going to take the truth of God's word and say, look, God loves you. I love you. By the grace of God, it could be me. Let's walk together and find out God's way. God, this is not a hospice. This is a hospital. It's about transformation together. We will bring sin in here, and it's going to stretch us all. But that's where transformation happens. Look at Galatians chapter 6 real quick. I got 24 seconds. Look at Galatians chapter 6. Look at verse 1. Brothers, family. You know, sometimes you guys come in, I go, what's up, family? He goes, family in 6-1. Hey, family, if anyone is caught in any transgression, that doesn't mean like, dang, she, she found out. That doesn't mean that. That means caught in a snare. That means the devil's got all these traps out there for us. And sometimes when we're fatigued, we feel this pain, and we look down, and we're caught. That's what he's talking about. You're caught by the trickery of the devil. If anyone walks in here, you know, dragging a chain and a... One of those animal thingies, whatever, moving on. You who are spiritual, you who are doing well. That doesn't mean you who are the big dogs in the church. It means those who are doing well right now, if you're in relationships together, you should see the pain. There should be enough grace in this place to where we can confess to each other, and we should look at that word, restore. Brother, I'm, I'm busting that chain down. Here's what Jesus says about this. Number one, you're forgiven. Number two, here's the truth of God's word. He says, if your right eye offends you, pluck it out. Let's trace it back. Where did that happen? All right, then bring your laptop to church next Sunday, and we're going to smash it to a thousand pieces. Or a different strategy. One of the two. But we'll restore you in a spirit of gentleness. Now, I'm not beating nobody over the head because Satan got him. We all understand. It could be one of us tomorrow. And we're not leaving anybody in a, a snare, and a trap. We're undoing the trap by the power of the word of God. And we're restoring each other and bringing these, each other uh, up. Keep watch on yourselves, lest you too be tempted. So, you know, if someone's struggling with alcohol and they keep going to that pub in the name of Europe, don't go hang out there and try to disciple them. Bring them to front line. And then he says in verse 2, bear one another's burdens. And that's hard. But he doesn't say one of you bear one another's burdens. He said, church of hundreds and hundreds, you carry that one person. And so fulfill the law of Christ, which is, I died, I gave you everything. Out of love, you love each other. This is where wholeness is found. Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25, write this down. I'll go through this very quickly and let us consider. Let us know each other well enough to study. That's what it means. You should know when I'm not doing well as your pastor. And I should know, it's not easy, but I should know and you should know when you guys are not doing well. You should know each other that well, that, that much love. I love that. And then when we see that we're struggling, oh, dang, you know, Janet's got a look on her face. What's going on over there? In a spirit of gentleness, Stir up. That means to annoy. Do you know that? That means to agitate. Agitate one another. <laughs> Just be so annoying with hope. Be so annoying with the word. Like, Janet, Janet, come here. Come here. No, no, I know. I know that look. Come here, girl. You in the bathroom? I'll wait. Water's not working at Ramstein, but I'll wait. I'm, I'm right here, Janet. I love you too much. Jesus loves you too much. I'm going to agitate you back to love. God's love, your love for that person, and to good works. Come on. Come on. Grace just, Grace just covered that thing. Let's go. Get up. Come on. That's the community of the church right there. Verse 25. Almost forgot it. Best part right here. So, guys, let's not neglect to meet together. As the habit of some is, that means those who really don't know Jesus, this is not like some weird slam. It just means some people come in and they never show up again. That doesn't mean because they find a better church. <laughs> like this is not the only church. That's not what it's saying. It means like some people come in, they say, oh, I don't know about that Jesus thing. Okay, I expect them to not come back. 
but not us who have the spirits. Instead, come together, Facebook, encourage one another, and all the more as you see things getting crazier. We're going to need each other so much more. Guys, you are full of struggle and conflicts, but you are worthy of love and belonging. So I want to wrap this series up. I got, a, I got this Tim Keller quote. And uh, Tim Keller's one of my guys. I love this guy. And I so love this because this is the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the essence of this church community, especially if you're visiting with us. Throw it up for me. To be fully known and truly loved is a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. Amen? Next week, we start a new series. It's called Better Together. Better Together. We're going to talk about relaunching small groups. We're going to talk about relaunching women's groups. We're going to talk about a 200 water balloon, teen war, TJ, at Sivug, getting the teens back together. We're working on relaunching the young adult ministry. We're working on relaunching our five o'clock service. There's a survey floating on Facebook. I need you to fill it out for the five o'clock service. But for now, on your way in, you should have been given this little invite. You know, there's someone out there who needs a community. They need to belong. Maybe it's you guys on social. Invite someone to watch. Come in here the moment you can. But I want you to take this. This is my challenge as we wrap this series up. I want you to take this little card on your way out if you didn't get one. They're at the welcome desk. And I want you to find some poor soul who doesn't belong. You got it? Let's go. And I want to see these handed to precious people. And I want you to let them know this is a church in some warehouse. You've never seen anything like this. You too can come and belong. I want those who are the outcasts. You know, we got a staff member, I won't mention her name, she's just sitting in the back really pregnant. That's Cassidy. She's a part of our kids' staff. She couldn't come to one of our staff meetings um, because she's super pregnant. And she's amazing, if you know Cassidy. I wish I had half of her energy. She's a marvelous girl. But uh, I got choked up. I didn't tell you this, Cassidy. But you couldn't make the the staff meeting, and you emailed us. And I got choked up because Cassidy said, I'm getting some blood work done or whatever. And uh, at the hospital, I was sat down next to a man who had cancer, who has cancer and has two kids. And I just got to pour love on that man. I was just so blown away at that, Cassidy. What you didn't know is right after that staff meeting, Two or three of our staff members walked out of this building and they walked up the stairs to go across the street. And there was a prostitute, a homeless girl, camped out on our front stairs. We're in Ramstein. We could have called the cops. We could have pushed her away. Instead, this church's heartbeat is finding a place to belong for all souls. Next thing I knew, I had two staff members. I mean, Alex, I know you ministered to her. I had two other staff members literally bandaging her feet with the love of Jesus Christ, literally washing her feet. Guys, this is the community we need. Amen? Let's pray. And I want to do something different this morning. I, I want us to pray for boldness for all people who call Frontline their home to step back into this community, to know that we need each other. Just pray that. Lord, draw people back to the church. 
And Lord, we understand that some are not ready. Some are, some are battling health issues. We understand that, Lord. But those who can, all across this room, Lord, we're praying, draw them back. And all across this room, Facebook and YouTube, would you pray? We have so many visitors even now that come into this church on Sunday. Would you pray that they too would feel the love of God in this place? Just pray that right now. And if that's you, I pray you'd find a home here and a family here. And if you're sitting before me and you're struggling, would you pray for hope? That somebody in this room has a piece to your puzzle, a supernatural gift, a resource, a word of encouragement, a word from the Lord. And friends, if we just keep coming, the Lord will move in our midst. And you know, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your savior, I've been there. I was there for a long time. What an amazing day it could be for you to finally belong with God. To finally belong with the people who are just like you. To journey through life. This is why he came. This is why he died. This is why he rose from the dead. So your sins would be forgiven. And so that you could walk with people just like you in strength and transformation. And if you are here and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, where you sit in the quietness of your own heart, would you pray and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to save you? Turn from rejecting him. Repent and turn. And just ask him, forgive me, Jesus, and save me. Do it now. I'm going to pray over us. We're going to stand and we're going to declare that the church, God's plan, is the mighty power to save. Father, I pray as we sing this last song, we will feel the strength of the Holy Spirit. We will feel the courage that's given to us from the Holy Spirit. We would see the love and joy of being a part of this community. And we would begin to gather and rally in new ways that this church has not seen in 15 years. That spirit, as we come together, you would fall fresh on us. I pray for all of that to be revealed through this last song. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. If this was your first time joining us online, please head over to the contact us portion of our website and say hi. We would love to meet you. If you'd like someone from our church to pray for you, please shoot us an email at prayer at frontlinecommunity.org. If you feel led to contribute financially to this ministry, please visit frontlinecommunity.org forward slash give or email giving at frontlinecommunity.org. Please feel free to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and rate our podcast. We hope that you were blessed today and we'll see you next week.